You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Just when you thought that the Huddle Up Podcast was destined to always go about 10 minutes after its scheduled time, we storm in at 6.16 p.m. local time. We're letting the stream breathe. I think we're good, guys. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we got a chance to hear from the Duke of Denver today in his final pre-draft presser, probably his final public remarks before the Broncos officially go on the clock Thursday night. We're going to get into that, but man, seeing him do it through that virtual, the, the virtual Zoom that he did today, it was just like, man, when can things just get yeah. back to normal? We're inching closer. We're getting closer. But man, I just, I can't wait for that to happen. Whoa, Chad, way too much positivity there. You got to rein that in a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is still a little surreal to me to see these press conferences and these major events be held virtual. And today, uh, uh, reportedly, there was a glitch in the NFL's dry run mock draft. So Thursday, Uh-oh. Chad, is going to be a crap show. And I'm here for it. I want to see all the madness that's going to ensue from this. I mean, if we could pull off a seven-man mock draft all streaming off <laughs> one true. platform... And we're not a $12 billion a year industry. I figure the NFL can, they probably got this. And if they don't, then shame on them. I, I, I'll maintain some optimism in the face of the uncertainty here. But guys, we want to go through and just kind of riff on a little bit, deep dive a little bit further into some of the takeaways from Elway's presser today. Not a whole heck of a lot to write home about in terms of like world shattering insights. But there are some, I mean, you guys listen to this podcast every day and participate on these live streams because you are the most passionate and the hardcore of fans. And so you care about those small little insights. And that's what we're going to deep dive in today uh, in regards to John Elway's final pre-draft press conference. But first, you guys, a couple of quick matters of business, and then we'll dive right in, see what's in the comment stream as well. Uh, Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, though. Some business really quick, at HuddleUpPod, as you know. It is the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. And you got to forgive us for going over this at the top of each and every show, but we have to because this show grows by anywhere between six to 2,000 new listeners each and every week. So there's new people just joining the ranks, and we got to make sure everyone's on the same page, knows how to reach out, connect with us on this show. So at Huddle Up Pod, and then while you're at it, following on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle. That's how you also stay plugged in with breaking Broncos news and analysis as it unfolds in real time. And then, guys, it's been a while since we really uh, did a a showcase, but I wanted to draw your attention to something here really quick. Let me do a quick share screen. We've added a couple of new items to the Huddle Up Podcast Mile High Huddle merch store. As you can see here, we have added a face mask neck gaiter, Mile High Huddle. And it, uh, you know, for these uncertain times, as we get further into some of the social uh, distancing guidelines being lifted a little bit and things getting back to normal, still want to play it safe. You still want to protect yourself. That's an easy way to do it. And that actually exists because you guys asked for it. So there it is. And then also Zach cooked up this awesome Huddle Up podcast coffee mug for those of you uh, who are interested in that little souvenir. I mean, the hats and the apparel, it's all good because that's a walking, you know, it's a walking uh, advertisement for the show, but it also is, you know, knickknacks and and merch and things that you can hold on to, put into your man cave, whatever, put it on your desk at work, however you want to roll. But Zach, good job getting that put together, bro. Appreciate you. Yeah, I, I ordered mine. I'm waiting for my coffee mug as well. I'm excited to use it. We all drink coffee or tea. We all need, uh, you know, nourishment. So I, I hope it's, uh, hope you guys like it. I'll put the link to the merch store in the comment stream here, the chat stream. So it's an easy, easy uh, hop over. Just click the hot link. Boom, you're there. But as you can see, guys, there's a hoodie. There's a couple of different hat options. You got the face mask. You got the uh, the mug. You've got tank tops, tees, men's apparel, women's apparel. You name it. There's something, a little something for everybody. And, guys, again, it's just an easy, organic, simple way 
to support this show. And even if that you, it's not something that's in the cards for you right now, the one thing that everybody watching this podcast, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook right now, stop what you're doing and like the uh, like this video. Just make, That's the simplest, base, easiest way that you can support what we're doing here. And we thank you for it in advance. Appreciate you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hoopin' with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hoopin' with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Zach, let's, uh, before the comment stream does what it is want to do and uh, does one of those skipperoos on me, let me grab a couple of our awesome Super Chat superstars, and then I want to dive into some of Elway's remarks here today. There he is, Bronx legend, and a legend indeed that he is becoming in the MHH community. We appreciate you, my Thank friend. You, $5 super. He says, Hey guys, always excited to be hanging with MHH. Do you think the Jags releasing Marquise Lee changes how we move in the draft moving up wise? What are they? Are they nine? I want to say Jacksonville's picking at nine off the top of my head. I can search it, but yeah, it does make that more of a position of need for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not sure how much it really is going to end up reshaping things because they have a lot of needs. Right. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Honestly, they, they got a lot they've got to worry about there. So, I mean, I'd be about as surprised as them taking a wide receiver, Zach, as I would an offensive tackle, a cornerback. I mean, they just lost A.J. Bouye. They lost Jalen Ramsey before that in a trade. So they could go a million different directions. They have holes throughout the roster. Yeah, I don't think this impacts the Broncos in the least. If they have enough conviction, Denver, to go up and get their guy, if they love Henry Ruggs and they know he's going to be taken before 15, they're going up to get him. It doesn't really matter what teams in front of them do in terms of personnel. It depends on their conviction, how much interest they have in one of these big three wide receivers. I'm not going to let the board fall to them if they really want them that badly. So they're letting themselves dictate what they want to do, which is the right call. We are curious to know, it seems like everyone was – Pretty well stoked on the war room. It was the first time we did a live war room like that. It was a little bit stressful making sure everything moved and we stayed on pace and the conversation was fresh and we didn't get bogged down. I think just from inside opinion, I think it went off okay, but it's good to hear from uh, FC Bayer and Munchen that uh, it sounded good. Let us know, guys, how you enjoyed that war room. And we're going to, of course, be doing a lot more content like that from a live streaming perspective especially with the draft coming up this week so we're kind of you know one of the one of the positives of the war room is it did help us iron out some of those kinks and speaking of super chat superstars george george jumping in from the top rope thank you and we really appreciate you george and I, awesome. I know that you've been rocking the merch store like a boss i think as he says here i received my tank top i ordered the mask and the coffee cup That's so awesome thank you george love your merch store Man, that's awesome. Appreciate your super chat as well, my brother. 
help every little bit helps and, and uh, goes a long way, especially right now. We really appreciate you, my friend. He says, after the mock draft last night, I'm convinced we need to trade up to ensure we get either of the big three wide receivers or worse. Your thoughts, Zach, this was something that we talked about at the end of the, of, of the mock draft itself last night. I even wrote about it as a takeaway. Basically the one thing we learned from that war room exercise is that if you are in the camp of you are hell bent for the Denver Broncos to get one of the top three wide receivers, you have to trade up. If that's what your soul, I mean, this, this draft gets an A or it's an F based on whether or not the Broncos land C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, or Henry Ruggs. You have to trade up because there are just too many wide receiver te- needy teams ahead of the Broncos. If you're someone like me, hey, I'm okay staying at 15, letting the draft fall to me. I'm not dying to take a wide receiver in the first round just because it's such a deep class. There are other options later on, but that's definitely one thing that came abundantly clear, Zach. If you really need that big three, one of those big three wide receivers, if you're John Elway and you are pining for that, you got to move up. You have to. That's very well said, Chad. And, you know, we went through the doomsday scenario yesterday, the nightmare scenario, and that can very plausibly happen on Thursday. That can become, you know, art imitating life and vice versa. If the Broncos, like Chad said, if they want a wide receiver, if they need a guy among the big three, if it's Lamb, Judy, or Ruggs, you're going to have to move up to 10 or 9 to ensure you get him. That's the one takeaway for me from the mock draft yesterday is the receivers are going to go fast. And by 15, not going to have any of the big three around. And by the second round, all of them will be gone. You have to settle for the Brandon Ayuk's of the world, and that's not preferable. Now, one question I got on Twitter today was, will you move to number four to trade up for Tristan Wirfs? No way in hell am I mortgaging the future for a tackle. I'm not even going to trade up for Tristan Wirfs. If he's there at 15, I consider him, but I am not moving up for a tackle. The only receiver or position I would move up for is wide receiver, and that's, I think, the Broncos are sharing a brain with that logic. Stu says he's got his coffee mug coming, and we saw that. Really appreciate you, Stu. Let us know how you like it, too. Yes, and here's something cool from Trout in Alberta. This is the type of thing that, you know, when we hear it, it's very humbling. It seems like a small, simple thing. He says, yeah, get to catch the live show and clean the yard, the chores I can do with headphones on, et cetera, State uh, state of being, state of mind. That you find ways, I mean, that's what we do, right, is in today's day and age, our favorite podcasts, our favorite audiobooks, whatever, we listen, we, we find the right times in our daily lives to kind of weave them into our routine. For me, I do a lot of my podcast listening when I'm actually uh, in the kitchen or if I'm out in the yard. And it's just cool to, to learn how people do kind of work us into their routines, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I know personally when I could go to the gym, when I'd be driving there, I'd have the podcast playing. Now, when I work out at home, I have the podcast playing in my my wireless, uh, my headphones. It's it's a big part of everyday life, and we're very humbled that we've become so ingrained in Broncos country. Reading comments like that is extremely uh, gratifying. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, grab one more, and then we're going to dive into Elway, and then we'll come back to the stream, of course. We're not going to forsake any of our awesome Super Chat superstars. Terry jumping in from up in Canada, proving, as always, that Mile High Huddle and the Denver Broncos fan base, Broncos country, it's not a geographic location. It's a state of being. He says, hey, guys, do you think Don Fangio's combine strategy, the scouts staying home and studying the tape, and the the coaches too, by the way, will give us a slight advantage in this VR draft, hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being. I really do think it gave them a little bit of a leg up, and here's how. And Fangio believes it did. Elway believes that it did. It, it forced those coaches and those scouts to get their work turned in on, the, on this class early. So all their film breakdowns, all the studying that they did, and the, and the recommendations that come out of that, those were tendered a long time ago, whereas a lot of teams were scrambling to do that these last couple of weeks in a virtual setting. And so it just limited the, the workflow. I think most teams are going to be able to figure it out and, and they'll be okay. But it, it's good that the Broncos were able to get that done early, Zach. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's going to help them win the draft over every other team because the Rams also employed the strategy. The Broncos aren't the only team, but it, it can hurt. It definitely will help their preparation. And in terms of it being a virtual draft with the nature of uh, the internet and connectivity issues, I think the Broncos will be ahead of the curve there. Elway himself thank the IT department for the Broncos for the work they've done. He called them the real heroes. So it seems like we've heard these horror stories about glitching and technical errors and snafus. The Broncos don't have a Dave Gettleman. We don't have to worry about those type of errors coming out of Denver. So maybe the prep work will will come in handy, Chad, come Thursday. Amen to that. Let me grab a couple of the quick takeaways here from Elway. 
the first thing that jumped out to me is his frank admission that wide receiver is a need for this team. Translation, we're going to be drafting a wide receiver. Now, all of the smoke signals point to the Broncos likely doing that somewhere in the first round. You listen to Vic Fangio talk a couple weeks ago, and it sounded like he was more about letting the draft come to him. The recent smoke signals, the Woody Page report Sunday morning, different things. It sounds like Elway is at least trying to create the perception that they're looking to move up for the privilege of taking one of these wide receivers. But let me read this quote to you, Zach, in terms of Elway's thoughts on this wide receiver class. Quote, it all depends on it's kind of what flavor you like because it's a very deep draft when it comes down to receivers. Obviously, there are a lot of good wideouts. It's hard to say exactly how it's going to fall. I think the good thing is and the fortunate thing is for us – we do need a wideout. It's a deep class. We'll just have to see how things fall. Close quote. So Elway's at least getting out on front street with everybody that, yep, we recognize wide receiver is a priority for our team. It's the worst kept secret in the NFL, so he can't really hide it. He has to come out and, and acknowledge, just like the Drew Locke uh, statement he made at the end of the season where he is the guy. You can't really say anything otherwise. They need a receiver. Everyone knows they're going to take a receiver. The only question is, which he indicated, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Judy? Is it going to be Ruggs? Is it going to be C.D. Lamb at 15, at 10, at 9, at 8? That's the only question. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And, I, and Elway... You know, he keeps his cards close to his chest and he likes to play, you know, these these war games and these mind games. But even he had to acknowledge the bare reality that the Broncos need to support Drew Locke and upgrade his supporting cast. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Football espionage. That's what I like to call it. Football espionage. He's like a football spy. The other thing, two other things I wanted to touch on from Elway on my side of things is he, and credit to Woody Page, who had that viral story Sunday morning, and then also asked, I think, probably the best question of today's presser. He was asked about Elway having never drafted an Alabama player, right? In the history of Elway's nine drafts as a Broncos czar, he's never drafted anyone from Alabama. Most fans are aware of that. But this year, it's become more of a, storyline because two of the top three wide receivers were from Alabama. So he said, Hey, what do page said, basically what's going on? Well, how come you've never drafted in Alabama? Is there a, is there a bias within the Broncos front office? And here's what he said, quote, it's just kind of fell that way. There's really no reason. I know that obviously we have a great deal of respect for the program down there that Nick Saban has and the football players that they have in their system. It's just kind of fallen that way. There's really nothing more than that. It just hasn't worked out. I think to be able to say there's a reason we haven't drafted anybody from Alabama, we really don't have a reason other than the fact that it just hasn't fallen that way. Close quote. Zach, it's this is one that I have a hard time taking off the tinfoil hat on just because he's had so many opportunities to take no-brainer fits for this team, but he passes on that no-brainer to take someone else ostensibly because – the Crimson Tide connection. And by the way, guys, the reason, or at least the theory, the running theory that Elway does kind of strays away from Alabama is just because how hard Nick Saban runs his players from the time they enter that that school until the time they hit the NFL, especially if you're at a point of attack player, whether you're running back, offensive line, or a front seven player on defense, the amount of impact and collisions you've had by the time you get to the NFL, significantly more than the mean, the average college player coming out. I'm not buying this at all, Chad. I mean, the translation from Elway is you caught me red-handed. I have no excuse. I don't have any rationalization or logic for it, but it won't happen again, and I've wised up to it. But you're going to tell me out of all these drafts, all these rounds, all these picks, it just fell that way that not any one Alabama player was the Broncos selection? No, that's that's a, that's a lie from Elway. That's a strategic lie because he knows going forward there's a really good chance one of these two Alabama receivers will be playing for Denver come Thursday. But maybe si- signing Cyrus Quanjo, signing Kareem Jackson, Maybe that kind of took the sting off 
the frost off the Alabama connection. I'm glad he acknowledged it, but I don't buy that excuse that it just happened that way. Things don't happen that way in the NFL, a sport where literally every single thing is so calculated and, and mostly predictable. I'm just not a guy who is inclined to believe very much in the existence of something called coincidence. Yeah. It exists. There are coincidences out there, but usually there is a you know common denominator. There's something going on there that connects the dots and, We'll see. We'll see if he finally breaks the streak in his 10th year as the Denver Broncos top football executive. We'll know here within a couple of days. The other thing here, Zach, is his remarks I kind of thought were interesting reflecting on why, you know, we've talked a lot about both here on the podcast over the years and then also in our written remarks and, and content uh, at milehighhuddle.com about Elway's turning over a new leaf with regard to you look at that disastrous 2017 draft class where he basically just banked on a bunch of low character, high talent uh, prospects and almost none of them panned out for the Broncos compared to 2018 and 2019. He's looking for high character guys, leaders, high football IQ, basically prospects whose mental and intangible traits are on the same level as their athletic physical gifts. And he talked about in this remark I'm about to quote here, why that is. Here's what he said, quote, yeah, we've really concentrated. We had a couple of misses back there. And I think the misses that we had were people that were character concerns. I think we've kind of focused and turned around a little bit more than we have. We've always concentrated on the locker room, but I think more so when you go through the years, like we've gone through the last couple of years, your locker room is very important. The influences that you have in your locker room, when things are tough, you need those guys to lead us and to lead that locker room through the tough times to be able to get back to the winning ways. I think we've suffered a little bit there. We haven't had that leadership in the locker room that has been able to dig us out of this hole. I think that's why we've concentrated more, talking about these last two years, on going on character guys that can really, because it's easy to win. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not easy to win. That's a literal quote. But it's easy to be in that locker room when things are going well and a lot of positive things are going uh, when you're winning. But when you're losing... There is a lot of negative things going on in that locker room. It can be very influential on how we play on Sunday. And if we have a two-game or three-game losing streak, to have the leadership and the quality guys in that locker room to be able to pull us out. I think we've concentrated on that the last couple of years. We've got some really good leadership in that locker room now, positive leadership and guys that want to win football games. There's a little bit more he said there, but I'm going to close the quote. Zach, what's your takeaway from that? He's scapegoating the locker room now. That's what we're blaming, the locker room, not the scheme, not the not the talent on the field, not the coaches, not his own you know, picking of the groceries Elways. He's blaming the locker room. And meanwhile, he brought in Melvin Gordon, a guy who just held out last season. So that's Elway being Elway. But I, I understand what the point he's trying to make is in the draft. No more gambles and no more unpolished guys. No more Paxton Lynch and Garrett Bowles. You want instant contributors, four-year starters, team captains. And that's why I feel like the Broncos will lean toward Jerry Judy over Henry Ruggs. He's just the more polished product. He's the more pro-ready product right now. And based on Elway's comments, Chad, that smoke that was kind of pluming in that direction is growing and growing based on what he's saying, if we can take him at face value. I mean, Paxton Lynch is a good example of this. The Broncos did not meet with Paxton Lynch and yet they traded up for the privilege of drafting him in the first round. I think it was Woody Page has written multiple times, and anyone who spent time one-on-one -on -one with Paxton Lynch or even in the same room with Paxton Lynch knew as a prospect that between the years, this was a weird dude. This was a goofball. This was a not-serious football player, and Elway didn't know that. They took a chance on a guy they didn't have a complete evaluation on, they went with the measurables. They went with the upside potential. They went with the, uh, you know, the skill set and the arm and the talent and the, the, the toolkit, as it were, instead of also weighing as seriously in terms of factoring what's important to you as a, as a team, the intangibles, what's between the ears, et cetera. But uh, with that, guys, let's, let's get back into the comment stream. Let's grab Stu here from MHH uh, Mount Rushmore, jumping man. in, $25 super. We appreciate you so much, Stu, and we say it each and every podcast, but, you know, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't think of the last time you haven't been here with us as a Super Chat superstar on a podcast, on a live stream, and it just means the world to us. We really appreciate you, my friend. He says, yeah. is it Thursday already? Soon. Get in there, bro. Hang in there. Hang so close. in. Home stretch, baby. Speaking of MHH, Mount Rushmore, Mr. Edward Keating jumping in. 
with a $15 super. Thank, Thank you, you Ed. You know, we appreciate you, my friend. He says, let's go. So ready for the draft. Thanks for everything, guys. Keep up the great work. Love all my brothers and sisters. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Appreciate you, my brother. You, let's, uh, let's grab Ricky on Periscope on Twitter. He says, is trading up a smoke screen? Zach, is it smoke? Is it fire? What are, what's your answer? Elway is one of the most aggressive GMs in the NFL. He's always looking to make a deal. He done it. He did it last year. He does it most times in the draft, mostly to trade back. But this is the year we just feel that they have the capital, the need, that the talent is obviously on the board. I don't think it's a smokescreen. The rumor about them trading up for a tackle, I think that is a smokescreen. He wants a receiver to fall to him. But for a receiver, I think that's legitimate, Chad. Man, I just get really uncomfortable when you talk about trading up and you talk about that trade-up, the result of that trade-up being a wide receiver. I suggest everyone, especially if you're one of those pining for the Broncos to do whatever it takes to get that wide out in the first round, go check out the article that Thomas Hall published on milehighhuddle.com. I think it was last week. might have been the week before. Just Google Thomas Hall, Mile High Huddle, and you'll find it, or just go to milehighhuddle.com, scroll down, you'll find it. But his findings on which positions – based on analytics, have the most, the best odds of succeeding at the next level based on where they're drafted. Defensive line emerged as the safest bet in the first round. Wide receiver was one of the least safe bets in the first round, just for what it's worth. And so that concerns me a little bit. If the Broncos, again, don't take this the wrong way. If the Broncos end up with a Ruggs, a Lamb, or a Judy, I'm not going to be crying over here. I'm not going to be pounding the table, upset. I'm not going to rage quit off the podcast. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I'm going to get behind that pick and I'm going to try and find the positive and I'm going to look at how that, that pick's going to fit in. But I'm not going to lie to you right now and tell you I don't have misgivings about that as a prospect. CJ wants to know on YouTube, with Elway stating today that he's looking at seven to nine undrafted rookies, how many picks do you truly think we'll walk away with in this draft? What player uh, in the late rounds do you feel we need to target? Um, well, CJ, I hope you saw the war room last night. There were, We went through quite a few different scenarios for the late rounds. Um, I can pull it up. I don't off the top of my head. I don't remember exactly the class, but there are some gems in this particular class. Let me see here. Bear with me one sec. Let me find this article that I pubbed earlier that has the list. I'll tell you who we took last night in the war room rounds five through seven round five. We took Antonio Gibson wide receiver slash running back slash offensive weapon, from Memphis, he's that kid that ran a 4-3-9 at the combine. In round six, we took Lorel Murchison, big defensive tackle, a little bit undersized in terms of he's short, and he doesn't have the length that you, that you prefer. But we took him uh, in round six. Round seven, it was the wide receiver Isaiah Coulter from Rhode Island, who none of our NFL draft experts at Mile High Huddle believe is actually going to be there in the seventh round. Everyone thinks that dude's going probably for round four, round five at the latest And then we also took a flyer on the linebacker from Tulsa that's been rising up boards, Reggie Robinson. So those are a few names for you off the top of my head. Zach, if you want to contribute anything more, by all means. I was just going to say, in terms of specific names, those are some of my favorite players. But the the middle rounds, first of all, the Broncos are not going to make all 10 picks. I'd be really surprised if that was the case. They're going to use some of those picks to trade up and get their guy, wherever that may be. But in terms of... Um, the, the late rounds, they're going to strengthen strengths. They're going to double up at wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, safety. They're going to really fortify the positions of need that were in the early rounds. So the, the, the players that we took in the draft class, those mid-round steals that we got, those value picks, that saved our particular mock. So if the Broncos can target those players, I think all of us collectively would be, would be pretty happy. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Let's grab W.E. here with a $10 super. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, By the way, if you were on Twitter, reach out to me. Let me know who you are. A couple of you did yesterday after the war room, and it's refreshing to be able to tag 
the correct people when we give shout outs after each podcast to our Super Chat Superstar. So if you are on Twitter, reach out. Let me know who you are. Appreciate the donation, my friend. I'd rather reach and get Justin Jefferson at 15 than Brandon Ayuk at 46. And that's what Zach was pounding the table for in the first round in that doomsday scenario that we had to confront last night. And would you get Joe Tooney uh, for a second or third? The Pats are shopping him. I would not. Not with Graham Glasgow on the roster. I don't need him anymore. I don't need Pat Tooney anymore. I I did before free agency. That would have been more of a consideration. But Zach – the answer to that for me at this stage, based on roster math, is a resounding no. I'm going to use that second or third round pick to uh, improve in spots that I need help, not as not reinforce the strength. Who are you going to bench? Dalton Reisner? I guess you can move Glasgow over to center, but still, is that worth a second or third? For me, it's not. And it's not just the capital. He's going to want a new contract. He's franchise tag right now, so he's making, what, $12, $13 million for 2020. Then he would want a massive deal on top of that. They can just draft Ruiz or Cushenberry in the first or second round. They can get a center in the third round and plug and play him there. They can save a lot of money. I think that's the way they go. In terms of Jefferson, that's my scenario, too. I I wanted the Broncos, if the big three are off the board, not to reach for a tackle or a project like like Beckton. Go get Justin Jefferson, who's a skosh under the big three. He could still provide a lot of talent to this offense and i just think you got to get the blue chip wide receivers while they're still there all right let's grab mr boggins jumping in ten dollars super one of our superstars been with us a long time now appreciate you my friend with the jaguars releasing lee there's more reason to trade up to 10 for one of the big three before they're all gone or trade back and grab a wide receiver in the 20s then trading back into the first with the niners at 31 for a center this is a theory that was also presented to me earlier today on Twitter. And um, Mr. Boggins, you might have seen that too. I can't remember. Forgive me. I don't think it was you that posed it to me. Maybe it was. But the idea of the Johns, right? John Elway and, and John Lynch being cozy uh, front office buddies for obvious reasons. Um, the idea that the Broncos, you know, we've talked about using some of that third round draft capital. The Broncos have three thirds to move back up between 46 and 15 and take, you know, whatever, late first round, early second, late first at 31 would make a lot of sense because of the Niners, and also you get the fifth-year option. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. If they want to go a different position at 15 or trade back in the 20s and come back into the first for a wide receiver or offensive lineman, I'm all for that. This is why I'm saying – no matter how you dice it, whether it's at 15 or the second round or the third round, the Broncos are not going to make all 10 selections. They're going to use some of those picks to move up. We just don't know when. I have, an, in my personal opinion, they should target offensive line and wide receiver with those first two picks. The order doesn't matter, but I think that's the way they're leaning come Thursday night. All right. The stream passed up two of our superstars, so let me grab them really quick and put them in on the screen. I spent a big chunk of my weekend, by the way, Broncos country, learning a doing research and trying to learn some of these different options that are out there for streamers. And I'm trying to learn some new systems out there. Some of them are very complex, a little bit over my head, but I'm trying to figure out if there's a better option than the service we're using now, because this is the other than this is literally Zach. The only thing I could say negatively about the stream service we use now is that the comment stream doesn't allow us as the host the freedom to go up and down at will. It kind of gives it to us in chunks. And I understand we as a stream have a very active community in the, in that, but nevertheless, it really irritates me that we have to do this instead of just pulling his card and and showing his super chat card. Jeff really appreciate you. It was good to connect with you on Twitter, my friend, and uh, appreciate that $5 super just because MHH rocks. Thanks for helping me stay sane during this hardship. We are all facing Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, <laughs> and wide receiver. Appreciate you, Jeff. Yeah, I like the logic, too. I'm with you on that. It adds up. I understand it. I still have a, my preferences running a little bit against the grain. But again, guys, if the Broncos end up with one of the top three wide receivers, you're not going to see me you know, crying crocodile tears here. Um, all right, let's grab also Flippin' Boots, longtime listener of the podcast. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. $2 super. He says, if we trade up and Isaiah Simmons is there, would you get him or a wide receiver one? I'm if the trade up and lo and behold, Simmons is there. I'm taking Simmons, but I, I really do think that that would be a big conversation and a big debate in the war room between Fangio and his faction. 
and Elway and the and the scouts because I think Elway and the scouts would want to get that wide receiver. I could be wrong on that. And you know Fangio would be pounding the table for Simmons. Well, trade up to where though? Trade up to 10 or 8 or 5 and that makes a difference what they're giving up in that potential trade. But yeah, if they, let's say they move up to 10 and Simmons and Rugs are there, I'm going Simmons. He's the best defender in this draft class as far as I'm concerned. You can still get a a pretty viable receiver in the second round, move back up into the first round. So I had my druthers, all things being equal. I'm taking Simmons in that scenario. Terry reminding everybody, gently tap or <laughs> smash the like button. We have options now. Keeping everybody sharp. Appreciate you, Terry. Zach jumping in. Guys, can you believe that Vaughn is going to be the only guy on the team that was on Super Bowl 50? It's crazy mm. to think that. Um, he – hold on on that. Zach, because Todd Davis was on the roster. He didn't start Super Bowl 50, but he was there. McManus. He played in that game. So there's there's Todd Davis. There's Vaughn Miller. I know there's nobody on the offensive side now with Emmanuel Mc, Sanders. McManus, right? McManus is the other one. That's correct. So there's three Broncos left on the roster who participated in Super Bowl 50. Vaughn and I guess McManus being – uh, the only starters from Super Bowl 50. But yeah, that is still, it's it boggles the mind because it was four years ago in real time. That's not a long time. It feels like eons ago, though, doesn't it? It feels like a lifetime ago. Hopefully the Broncos can reach you know that pinnacle again fairly soon in this era. This is news to me, but again, I've learned the hard way not to uh, have Twitter open while we're doing a live stream. So Connor Swain jumping in saying, uh, the rumor just came out from Benjamin Albright the Broncos are shopping Garrett Bowles. We can't confirm that, but it's an interesting topic. We'll check it out after the fact and uh, holler back. But Zach, what would your re- reaction to that be? I actually saw uh, Albert Breer kind of floated that earlier today that the Broncos, they're not, you know, they're oh. not super committed to Garrett Bowles. So um, he corrected himself. Yeah, that's where I, that's why I heard it earlier today, and that would lean me to believe the Broncos are maybe targeting a, a lineman, a tackle in that spot. But that's that's gamesmanship as far as I'm concerned. It's not tin foil hat. I know I want a wide receiver, but I don't think the Broncos would leak it out there that their starting left tackle could be on the block before they have their replacement on the roster already. All right, let's grab Gearton ten with a $5 super. We really appreciate that, my friend. And if you are on Twitter, it's a reminder to please reach out and let me know who you are so that we can connect and I can tag you as a thank you after each and every podcast. Gerton 10 says, we trade to eight. Judy, a top three tackle, and Isaiah Simmons are there. Simmons. Who do you take? I still take, well, it depends. If one of those top three is Worfs, it's a debate, but I still think at this stage I'm, I'm taking Simmons just because he could be a generational player. Like he's one of the most coveted blue chippers in this class. Worfs is as well, but he's still got a little bit of risk, a bust potential in him. He's because he's so athletic and that could either end up being his biggest calling card and why he ends up becoming the next Trent Williams or why he ends up becoming the next Garrett Bowles because Garrett Bowles. Now don't take that the wrong way. I'm not saying that I think Worfs is a bust. Um, That's not what I'm saying, but Simmons, to me, is the safest of all those in terms of if we're moving up and we're really, you know, exposing our throats, as it were, I'm rolling the dice on Simmons being the guy 10 years from now. In retrospect, history will will judge kindly. Plus, the way I look at it is Simmons can play about three different positions. He can play nickel. He can play inside linebacker, safety, where where Ruggs or Judy can play one position. That's wide receiver. So you're getting more, I think, more value with Simmons at eight. It would take a lot, probably all three third-round picks at least to move up to that spot. But in that scenario, you can get a receiver in the second round, the third round. You cannot get a talent like Simmons in later rounds. I would definitely go with him. George, jumping back in with another super. We wow. really appreciate you, my friend. Amazing. And we are also looking forward to spending time with all of you on Thursday night, Friday night. We'll see what Saturday holds. We want to see how Thursday and Friday go. Worst case scenario, like we said last night, Saturday, let's say day three comes and goes. We don't do a live stream during. We probably end up, we'll do it. But worst case scenario is we come on, we do a gut reaction after the fact. So you will hear from us, um, but we'll see how it goes. And thank you, George. You know, we appreciate you, bro. Ginger Ninja, 88. Should we try and trade back into the first with the Niners at 31 to take a center if we do get a big three receiver at 15? It would just depend on the cost for me, Zach. I mean, if you could, if you could 
if John Lynch was willing to just take a third round pick, one third round pick, hmm, but where are you coming from? It'd probably take two third rounders if you're coming from the third round, right? Because yeah. you want to keep your 46th pick. So it, it's going to take two thirds minimum to, to move that needle would be my estimation. Would that be worth grabbing a Ruiz or a Cushionberry or I'm not sure that it would. I'd be a little bit more inclined to just stamp at and see how the board's falling early into the second round, but just depends on what the ask is, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, there's going to be options there in the second round, Chad. Maybe not Cushionberry, but Ruiz should be there. Then you have Matt Hennessy, Tyler Biotis, you have Ishmael. You have later round options, so I would not move back into 31, give up my entire third round allotment to get a center. I'd wait for the board to fall in the second round, and if they want to move up a couple spots or five spots in the second, I am much more open to that and, and saving some of the capital. Going over here to Good Time Sports on Twitter, on Periscope, who do you think Denver wants? Lamb, Ruggs, or Judy? That really is the million-dollar question. I think there's a reason why the worst-kept secret in, in the NFL has been that the Broncos are dying for a receiver. Yeah. Ruggs has been the most commonly tied to the Broncos through various league insiders, okay? But lately, and it, this, you guys, you know this, I've been telling you the last week and a half on this podcast before we heard from uh, Woody Page Sunday morning, you've heard me say this. I've been hearing that Judy is the true apple of Elway's eye in this class. I don't know. It's lying season, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, even the most plugged in insiders anywhere covering any team, they don't know. Th these are secrets that are kept at, you know, top secret level by teams, but if I had to wager right now and I would, I could know for a fact, I would wager Judy personally. That would be my bet. That's where my gut feeling is leaning. As much as I want rugs, I just think they want the more polished guy in Judy. They want a better uh, route runner, a better technician, just a better overall advanced prospect right now. And they're banking on his floor being super high for him to contribute right away. I think they're going to lean toward Judy, but if he's Amari Cooper and, and Henry Ruggs is Tyree Kill, I want the Tyree Kill. I want the speed guy. I don't want the perfect route runner, but unfortunately, Chad, the only opinion that matters is Elway's, and he has final call come Thursday night. Ron jumping in, one of our Super Chat superstars Thank with you, the bro. $10 Super and bringing up this, hammering home the same point. He says, I want Ruggs, but I think Elway wants a proven product because of his route running capabilities and ability to get off press. I think the Broncos will go with Judy. I did watch tape and he is a technician. Literally really echoing is. our point. Yeah. He is a, he is a phenomenal player. If the Broncos end up with Jerry Judy, you've got a, I mean, a near guaranteed plug and play stud wide receiver two next to Sutton and goodness gracious, the things you could do with that Zach are manifold. That's the good thing, though, about this draft class. No matter among the big three, any of them would fit into this offense. Any of them would be the long-term wide receiver, too. So the Broncos really can't go wrong. It's just like Elway said, you have your personal flavors. We all like vanilla and chocolate, but we, most of us like chocolate or vanilla more. Right. We love hearing this. Edison on Facebook, I'm a longtime Broncos fan, but it's the first time that I've been focused on the draft, and it's all because of you guys. Thanks. See, that's what we love hearing that. Super humbling. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. And uh, for those of you that want to take a look at that Thomas Hall article, Buona Beast, kindly put the link in the comment stream. That's the one that I was telling you, tells you based on history, which positions have the best chance of hitting in the first round. You might want to check that out when you get some time after the stream, of course. Um, all right. Let's see what else we've got here. Tonight's podcast, we got to keep probably a little bit shorter than usual just because we're going to be on a lot Thursday night and Friday night. And, uh, you know, we got to, we got to keep uh, our energy reserves in check. James jumping in super chat, superstar. Thank you. He's James. a moderator, a big time help for us you know, on Facebook. Really appreciate that donation, James. You know, it means a lot to us, brother. He says rugs plus Jeremy chin, the safety from Southern Illinois and Steve Outwater's nephew. The duo of those two would be greater than Simmons and Ayuk. Agreed. Um, Vic is intrigued by linebacker safety hybrids. I, I think that's what you mean, right, Vic Fangio? Simmons is great, but Chin is good too. Tier one receivers are game changers, though. Uh, hashtag trade up. Hashtag secure your wide receiver one. Your thoughts, Zach? 
Speaking my language, James, I agree with you. You're going to get the, the best receiver on the board. You're still getting a top three safety in this draft class. He might not be Isaiah Simmons, but he's right underneath that. He has the pedigree. He has the physical talent, the upside, rugs and shin. Even though I want a center in the second round, that would be a bang up one, two combination for Elway addressing both sides of the ball. I'm all for that. All right. Glenn jumping in with a $5 super. One Thank of you, our superstars. Appreciate you, Glenn. He says, expecting that we'll be a much better team and thus having a later uh, first-round pick in 2021, would you be up for trading our 2021 first-rounder to move up? I really wouldn't. I hate the idea of that. No offense, Glenn. I just – but, you know, then again, guys, when it came to fantasy football, I I stopped paying a lot of attention to fantasy about the time that um, I founded Mile High Huddle, so seven, eight years ago. I stopped being able to have the time to put into fantasy, but as a fantasy player for the previous 12, 13, 14 years, however long it was, I was that guy that when, when fellow owners in the league would submit a trade, my first impulse is to preserve what I have. I'm a, I'm a devil. I know guy than a devil. I don't, even if my team was sucking and I needed to come up with some kind of a new strategy, my initial impulse is to hoard the resource because you don't know when you're going to need it. One in the hand being worth two in the bush, et cetera. So I might not be the best guy to answer that question. What are your thoughts, Zach? I, the only move you make that for is for a quarterback, Chad. So if the Broncos are not going to trade up for Burrow or Tua, you don't have to sacrifice the 2021 first rounder. I mean, they just they don't need anyone that dire at any positions of need where you give up that sort of capital. I'm with you. I mean, that's an extreme scenario. That's an extreme option is to give up that premium pick for next year we don't know how they're going to be and I don't really care if the Broncos are good and it's not that great of a pick it's still a first round draft pick it still is goal to John Elway I don't I don't see it happening in any scenario let's grab Brian who you know imitation being the highest form of flattery here big Zach Kelberman fan appreciate your ten dollar donation Brian and if you're on Twitter reach out (laughs) let us know who you are and we will uh, connect with you says I think that the dude was wrong um we need offense to help lock. We need speed. Love you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the theme, Zach, of this entire offseason is hashtag build that nest, right? Build that nest around Drew Locke and really set him up to, to really just hit it out of the park in year two. I can't get over that picture, Chad, that avatar. I just I look at myself in that comment. <laughs> just, I appreciate that, Brian. I guess it is flattery. Black Knight 232. What do you guys think of trading down and getting the Vikings two first rounders? and grabbing Jeff Gladney and Denzel Mims, and then trading up into the second round and grabbing two more players of need. So you would get two firsts and two seconds, but I would assume in that scenario, Black Knight, that you lose all of your thirds. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Zach? For me, I I honestly, again, as I said, trading around and stuff, like I'm a little bit more inclined to stand pat and let the board fall. And, you know, unless I really see someone falling and the value is there, maybe make a a move up a little bit, but I'm not inclined to sell the farm. Yeah, the only way I'd move back in this draft class, chat is if we encountered or the Broncos encountered a doomsday scenario like we encountered yesterday. All the tackles are off the board for the most part, the top-rated tackles. All the wide receivers are off the board, the top-rated wide receivers. In that scenario, I'd move back to the 20s, but that's a super last-ditch effort on my part. I am looking to stick to my guns at 15 or, as you guys know, move up for your wide receiver I'm not even entertaining that question because this is the year, Chad, to move up and to be aggressive, not passive. Go make winning football moves. Diego wants to know, why is Justin Jefferson considered a reach at 15? It's just dependent on your board, all right? Who, I mean, again, beauty being in the eye of the beholder, everyone's got an opinion, everyone's got their rankings. Here's the truth, though. If the Broncos took Justin Jefferson at 15 and – he ends up being a thousand yard receiver opposite of Cortland Sutton next and Drew Locke's got his wide receiver too. It's not a reach. History would judge right. that as a hit. So it really just comes down to rankings, how you view the board. And then it, just like every draft pick, Zach, it's all viewed through the scope of history on down the road. Like the one thing I'll say though, here's an example, Adam Gotzis, the Broncos took him in the second round, 2016, That was a reach, and it wasn't because even then we could say it was a reach because based on most, at least with Justin Jefferson, he's probably about 50-50. About 50% of draft analysts around the the country view him as a first-round player. The other half, early second round. 
So at least there are there is a consensus out there, pretty common consensus, to be honest with you, that he's a first-round caliber wide receiver. Adam Gotzis, I mean, we were talking about like a fourth-round caliber, really raw defensive lineman, and the Broncos reached because Bill Kalar fell in love with him in the pre-draft process, doing his scouting and making his recommendations, and was literally pounding on the window during the draft, telling Elway, Gotzis, 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 and Elway ended up doing it. So Justin Jefferson, I don't know that he'd be that big of a reach, but for me, it would just still be a little bit too early. Yeah, you made the best point there, Chad. We remember this based on winning and losing. It's like in the NFL, you win a game, you're the hero. If you lose, you're the GOAT. We all laud the Broncos for the Noah Fant trade last last year. It enabled them to move down, still get their guy, pick up an extra second rounder and get uh, the players that they got. But we would kill the Broncos looking back on this if Noah Fant goes on to be a bust. It's just how the NFL works. It's what have you done for me lately. Uh, it, Justin Jefferson, let me ask you guys a question. Would you take him at 21-22? You'd be more comfortable doing that. It's just seven spots. It doesn't matter where you take him. If you can help this football team out, he's going to be the right player at that spot. To me, he's not a reach. He's right below the top three. And if you can get him at 15, the Broncos have done extensive work on him, Chad. They've done their homework on him. They seem to like him. Go and take him. Go be aggressive. Go take chances. You're never going to succeed otherwise. King Hicks jumping in with a $5 super, one of our superstars. Thank you, King Hicks. Also, if you're on Twitter, I still don't th- know if we've, I don't think we have connected on Twitter. So if you are, reach out to me. He says, which player is most likely to surprisingly fall in this draft? I'm still screaming speed. Smash that like button. Hashtag Cali, hashtag Broncos world. Heck yeah, baby. Love it. Um, most likely to fall. Hmm. That's a good question. I would say of the most commonly known names, I'm going to say Tua Tagovailoa. Mm. I think that's who ends up maybe taking a little bit of a tumble. If he didn't have the injury concerns, he's a bona fide top five pick. But there's rumblings that already the Miami Dolphins, who had been circled as the guaranteed last spot that, you know, guaranteed to take him, there's rumblings that they're scared away by his injury jacket. So, it wouldn't surprise me to see him take kind of a Lamar Jackson-esque tumble down the first round. Then whatever team ends up landing him reaps the rewards in the next two years. I could see Jordan Love having the same fate. I can also see one of the secondary guys, either Grant Delpit or Xavier McKinney, falling into the late first, early second round. There's always going to be a faller in every draft, but I think it's going to be one of those defensive guys who we all peg to be a top 20, 22 selection. I think, it. yeah, Delpit for sure, I believe, I mean, he's a force, but there's just so much about him, the tackling, all that. We we all know the story on Delpit, but he was once viewed, viewed as a bona fide top 15 pick, and I'm with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up early second round. Josh jumping in saying, if you want to make some easy money, our over-under for wins next season is seven and a half. It's just another example of the powers that be having no idea what's really going on here in Broncos country. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I, I agree with you that that, uh, you know, we talked about that. It's been a week and a half or so back, basically all the outside noise about the Broncos kind of tacit disrespect. Maybe that is some easy money, Zach. Let them hate. Let them fuel the Broncos. Let them give them bulletin board material. The Broncos are going to win way more than seven games next year. It's a slap in the face why they'd even bring that number down. from It was eight, I believe, Chad, before they updated the numbers. They won seven games last year with three different quarterbacks. They're going to win at least nine, in my opinion. But you know what? Like the Broncos we talked about, they feed off disrespect. They love being counted out, being the underdog. So we want more of these stories to come out. It's going to make them better in a roundabout way. Johannes Boss jumping in with a $2 super. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you're on Twitter, reach out. Let us know who you are. We can connect. Did Mackay Becton get in trouble with a dirty drug test? He did get flagged for, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, a diluted sample. Yeah. So it's not proof that he had a dirty urine sample, but it what it does is it creates the possibility, strong possibility, that he was dirty and then drank tons and tons and tons of water leading up to the, you know, the day before the draft and the day of to try and dilute his bloodstream and his, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So does that take him off the board? For some teams it might, but I think for most teams they're going to go based on their evaluation, not necessarily a – even a diluted sample doesn't tell you anything for sure. It just creates a question. Yeah, it's inconclusive. They they cannot – 
confirm it or deny it. It's just they don't know what it, it really is just yet. But look at Laramie Tunsil. He was literally had a gas mask on smoking a bong on draft night. He turned out to be a pretty good tackle. So don't let these drug tests or these negative press stories, these hit pieces come out, dissuade you. If you like Becton, uh, and stick to your guns and, and support the player that you want the Broncos to draft. Uh, let's grab Ricky here. He wants to know how long for each pick. So the first round is going to be teams will get 10 minutes per selection. This is going off the press release the NFL sent us. Round two, teams will get seven minutes. Round three through six, including comp picks, teams will get five minutes. Teams will get four minutes per selection. So it's in descending order, basically. The farther you get into the draft, the less time you have to deliberate as a team and make your decisions, Zach. Something is going to go off the rails, though. I just don't know what or who's going to cause it, but there's going to be some sort of calamity that we're all going to be talking about for quite a while. I haven't seen this. Um, Mike jumping in on YouTube. Woody Page came out with a rumor today that Elway's looking to retire very soon. If true, what kind of replacement would you like to see? Well, Elway's contract runs out after next season. So after 2021, his contract expires and – he might be thinking that. I mean, he's achieved the pinnacle of success both as a player and as an executive. So I think for him getting the right quarterback and feeling like he's got this team heading in the right direction after hoisting a Lombardi trophy and offering up one of the top three iconic moments of all time, this one's for Pat. He has nothing left to prove. He's just trying to leave with this team, having some sense of momentum. Right. As far as replacement, Zach, I think Peyton Manning would be someone that this uh, – Whoever, however ownership is positioned by the time this happens, I don't think it's anytime soon, soon. Like, in other words, I think he's going to play out the play out, but, you know, the, the contract will expire and then he'll make a decision. But Peyton Manning's a guy that, you know, is going to be high on the list. I just can't see Elway walking away uh, on a losing note. I mean, his ego wouldn't allow him to walk away, and his his blemish, his blight on his resume being the Broncos haven't made the playoffs in a half decade. If they go back to being prominent, if they if Drew Locke can be the franchise quarterback, if they become relevant again, then I can see Elway walking away on top. Just to, based on the way his pride and ego goes. In terms of replacements, I'm thinking he's grooming Matt Russell. He's the only executive in that building being his right-hand man who's still there through all these years, all these regime changes. I have to think he's being groomed to be his long-term successor. That's a great point. That's a really good point. He's been retained as long as he has for a reason, even in the face of that police incident in which he basically ran into a cop car as a drunk driver. This is many years ago. I want to say it was 2012 or 2013 that this happened, but nevertheless, Elway has stood by him. Terry reminding everybody, smash the like button wherever you're watching, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, like what, uh, what you're watching. It's a great way to support us. JT says, you guys are awesome. Watching has made quarantine much more uh, enjoyable. Hashtag state of being up in Idaho. That's awesome, man. We really appreciate you. Good to hear things like that. Uh, all right. One or two more guys, then we got to get out of here for tonight. Bear with me one second here. Let me, it just did a jump. So let me scroll back up and make sure we haven't missed anybody. Uh, let's grab Ron Dub real quick, jumping back in. Appreciate you, you, Ron. He says, I liked the Gibson pick last night. We need him. Zach, it would be cool to bring that 439 speed to the table and, you know, find ways to use him. The question is, what position does he primarily? you know, end up playing and is Pat Shermer the right offensive coordinator to utilize him? I think based on his experience with Andy Reid, I could be optimistic that he could find ways to use Gibson, but yeah, he's a very attractive later round option. I think he'll end up going earlier than the fifth round for what it's worth. We took him in the fifth. I think he's probably a late day two, early, early day three pick. I'm usually not a fan of the Broncos, Demarcus Walkering anyone, meaning having them play two positions, but Gibson is a guy who can help out at receiver in the slot or out of the backfield catching passes. As I was trying to say yesterday on the war room before my, my microphone gave out, Melvin Gordon is not going to be around forever. Two years at the most, and then you're left with Philip Lindsay more than likely. You don't obviously trust his pass catching ability, so you'd like to have another pass catcher back there. Can't have too many weapons, can't have too much explosion. It's going to be a vertical offense. Pat Shermer utilized Saquon Barkley as a receiver a ton in New York, I think Gibson would be a very, very good player with the Broncos. All right, let's grab Shane here, jumping in with the $10 super. Thank Thanks. you, Shane. Awesome. If you're on Twitter, be sure to reach out. Let me know who you are, and we can connect, and I can tag you after this show. 
says, do you think Elway is shopping bowls for a draft day trade to move up to get worse? Hashtag Colorado native in Alaska, Denver Broncos for life. That's awesome. Thanks, Shane. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's any truth or veracity to this, the Broncos would only be shopping bowls if they really felt like they were going to go with a tackle in the first round, regardless, because if you lose bowls now, again, devil, you know, versus devil, you don't Zach for all of his faults. He showed a lot of progress down the stretch last year. He's a, you know, he started 48 games in his career. He's got experience. And like Elway said, he's always been available. Who would you have as a fail safe? Elijah Wilkinson. Mm. Dude, did you see him at right tackle? What makes you think he's going to be any better at left tackle? Right. All right. So if the, if bowls were traded though, I would assume that it would have to do with some kind of a package to move up, to get the tackle, to replace him long-term. I just am doubtful that this is a real thing. I wouldn't be shocked because he is, as far as I'm concerned, a bust, but I feel like Elway, going back to his ego, him being a first-round pick, Bulls, they're going to want to squeeze every drop of him before they inevitably cut ties. They're going to give him one more shot under Mike Munchak, but it takes two to tango, Chad. If you want to trade Garrett Bulls, you're going to have to find a team willing to take him on. Why wouldn't that team just draft a tackle and avoid going through the Garrett Bulls experiment? So if the Broncos want to move him, that's one thing, but they're going to have to want to try to find a taker to take him on as well to go and get their guy. I don't buy this rumor personally. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Muhammad jumping in with a $5 super. Thank you, my friend. He says, I hope Elway gets it right on Thursday. That's a sincere thing, but you know, here's the, here's the deal. Muhammad is the last two drafts, I think are a good indication of where Elway's mind and heart are on this thing, which gives me, a lot more optimism this, again, you know, this being the third consecutive year, I think that you're going to see a really strong class come out of Dove Valley, Zach. Yeah, and he's surrounding himself with better coaches, a better coaching staff, better coaching system in place than he had in years past. So I believe he will get it right again for the third year in a row. Justin, my friend, the stream passed by your Super Chat card, so I'm grabbing you. We really appreciate you, my friend, jumping in with the $15 Super. Thank you. means the world to us. He says, got in here late, guys. Thanks, as always. How do you feel about these rumors of the Chiefs wanting rugs? We just need to take rugs to stick it to Casey. Smoke. For for what it's worth, that rumor came from Peter King's mock draft today. And basically what he said is he heard that if, if, this is an if, rugs last until the 20s, the Chiefs picking 32 overall as champions would look at moving up to grab him. That would simply be a disgusting, obscene case (laughs) of the rich getting richer. I love how defensive King got on Twitter, though. He, you know, someone said that he reported the Chiefs were looking to trade up for him, and he says, I didn't report that, but he literally said, I heard a rumor about the Chiefs looking up for rugs. So I don't think it's going to happen. This is a giant smokescreen, as far as I'm concerned. It's strategic, considering two of the Chiefs' rivals in their division, the Broncos and the Raiders, both want wide receivers. They don't need wide receivers, Kansas City. They need everything except wide receivers. So I I don't see it happening. All right. Let's see. Bear with me one sec here. All right, let's grab. Let's see. Did we get? Nope. Let's grab Joseph here. He's saying, are you guys capable of getting a guest like Andrew Mason? And Zach, can you remind me who your favorite football team is? Uh, we could reach out to Mace if we wanted to get him on, on the show, I'm sure. Um, Zach, who's your favorite team? I would have to say the team I'm talking about. I mean, I try to stay relatively objective, and any sports reporter will tell you they don't really have a favorite team. But in terms of emotional investment, that would be the Broncos. Yeah, but the the cool thing that – I mean, there's a reason why you guys like this podcast, and there are a lot of different reasons for that. But one of them is the the chemistry that that Zach and I have and the differing perspectives we have on these issues. One of the things that informs that is I ended up getting into this business in media as a really passionate fan that – grew into something really, really um, above my, I outkicked my coverage. Let me just put it that way. But I grew up as a Broncos fan, right? Posters on the wall, three amigos, John Elway, et cetera, et cetera. Zach grew up as a Jets fan and then came to cover the Broncos professionally. And through that coverage grew up, grew a appreciation and, and uh, fondness and whatnot for, for the Broncos. But if it makes you guys feel any better, my first memory of the Jets was the AFC 98 championship game. So it's always been the Broncos in my life at one point or another. That's right. All right, guys. Alvin, really appreciate that super sticker, my friend. It's good to see you around. I think the first time we saw you was when we had Perna on, and it's really good. Welcome you to the community and uh, stick around. Be Be a part of the club. 
Um, all right. Let me see. I want to make sure we didn't miss anybody else here, Zach. And then we got to sign off. I think that's it. I'll double check. And if I missed anyone, oh, Josh jumping in late. Appreciate you, Josh. $5 super. Thank you, Josh. And if you're on Twitter, reach out and let me know so I, I can connect. It says, Bowls will go the way of Sylvester Williams and Shane Ray, barring an all-pro season, which is unlikely. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the 2020 season if the Broncos don't pick up his fifth-year option. And that decision will come very soon after the draft concludes. If they end up drafting a tackle high, Bowles' fifth-year option is not going to be picked up. If they don't, I'm inclined to believe that they probably end up picking it up and just decide to re-examine the whole issue in 2022. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I will say, even though he plays a tougher position, Garrett Bowles a more important position, was Sylvester Williams or Shane Ray ever as bad on a snap-to-snap, game-to-game basis as Garrett Bowles was? Were they ever committing these boneheaded penalties, ruining the, the defense as a whole, ruining the team's chances as a whole? I think, it, for my money, he's played more and he plays a more uh, difficult position, but Garrett Bowles is a bigger bust of a first-round pick than the other two players. All right, guys, as we get out of here for tonight, thanks to Buana Beast for reminding also that Eric Trickle, who is Mile High Huddle's senior draft analyst, published his final mock draft this morning. So go check that out. And the way he did this one was actually quite unique using artificial intelligence. You'll have to just read it. I'll I'll tease it that way a little bit, but it was a non-traditional way. And I think it might end up having a lot more veracity than the average mock because it used that artificial intelligence. So without completely botching it and ruining it, go check that out. Uh, And as Bona Beast, where'd he go? As he says here, stay safe, everyone. But guys, That's got to do it for tonight's podcast. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us, spending time, whether you are just watching or if you're participating in the conversation, we appreciate you. Don't forget to like this video on your way out or before you go. And if you really like what we're doing here, share it out on your social media. It's a great way to help support us. A mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. You guys just blow us away each and every day. We appreciate you. And tomorrow night, as Buona is reminding everybody here, Man, I keep clicking on it. Oh, we'll grab Nad. Don't worry, Nad. Uh, Tomorrow is building the Broncos. It'll be the last building the Broncos before the draft. I'm not sure what they have planned for you tomorrow night, but I'm sure it'll be a barn burner. 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. So as you know, at Mile High Huddle, we have a podcast every single day, seven days of the week during the 6 o'clock hour local time, 8 p.m. Eastern. So look forward to that. Nad Ludlow, it's good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate that. Again, I want to ask you, if you're on Twitter, Nad, reach out to me so I know I can start tagging you on these tweets after each and every podcast. Um, But that's got to do it for for tonight, guys. Zach, my friend, as always, great conversation. Good hanging with you, and have a great start to your week, bro. You too. I'll see you Wednesday. It feels like Christmas week, doesn't it, Chad? We're all waiting for that anticipation to lead up. I'm super excited. We got one more pod before the draft. It's almost showtime, guys. I am pumped. Amen to that. All right, guys, have a great start to your week. For Zach, I'm Chad. We will talk to you again. We'll be back in the saddle Wednesday night and then, of course, Thursday night. So we'll look forward to talking to you guys then. For Zach, I'm Chad. See you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.